Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe there, and then you can also uh, listen anywhere that you can find your podcast. And we're so thankful that you guys have found the podcast and you're here with us today. All right, so this is a special one today. Um, we have a request podcast, and we're so thankful for our listeners um, that that request on social media or or, or text or, or whatever it is. We're just so grateful for the constant engagement uh, that we have with our listeners. All right, so this is a um, this is a request, and I'm just going to read the message of what was sent. Um, it says, "Hey Jordan, I have a podcast idea concerning relationships. How do you know when it's good, or will it be a, a time to step away? It's easy to fall in love with potential. This is how my 17 year old self was taken in. I have many friends who've been in similar situations. If you could talk about signs that point to a God favorite relationship." And then as equally important, signs that point to a, this isn't what I have for you relationship. I think so many people would benefit from that study. Wow, that's such a great question. And especially from coming from a person that wants to kind of do things right, you know, obviously all the way back at 17, not making good decisions, but wanting to make better decisions now. And that's what Christianity is about, is always making better decisions. So we're going to entitle this podcast how do you know when it's good or when it's time to step away? How do you know when it's good or when it's time to step away? Right? Such a great topic. And the scripture's here to help us. Now, before we move forward, um, I always like to give a disclaimer when talking about subjects like this in terms of relationships. Um, because obviously, you're going to get your natural criticism coming from a single young man, right? Talking about relationships. Obviously, you're going to get natural criticism. So again, this is why I want to give my disclaimer. This is not me coming from a space of I know it all and I've always gotten things right. Absolutely not. Um, Again, many find it easy to criticize. Well, Jordan, you're not in a relationship. So how can he tell us what to do? True. I'm not in a relationship, but the goal of this podcast is not to tell not me telling you what to do. The goal of this podcast and every podcast that I do is to let the Bible tell you what to do. I'm just the avenue of how it gets to you. And so, um, you know, I think about uh, what David said in Psalm 119, right? Verse 99, where David mentions that because he meditated upon the word, that he was wiser than his teachers. He was wiser than his counselors. And so true, yes, I might, I might not be in a relationship or in that situation, but it doesn't mean I can't be wise. And the word is what gives me wisdom and what gives you wisdom. And so when you think about it, you know, whether you're married or whether and you're in a relationship, it doesn't make you wise either. And so there are foolish married people. There's foolish people in relationships, but there's also foolish single people. So the state that you're in or your age, that doesn't make you wise in that subject. What makes you wise in that subject is your wisdom on how you meditated on the word of God. And that's what David said in Psalm 119. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there for the people in the back, right? You can criticize, but I'm just want to put that. I just want to put that out there. All right. So how do you know when it's time? So let's find out, right? So this is how we're going to break this down. Y'all um, we're going to break it down into, into two sections. So we're going to do like part, there's going to be like two parts. So part one is signs that, 
you know, don't point to a good relationship. So basically, uh, this isn't what I have for you. But then part two will be signs that point to a, a God favorite relationship. And so the first three points will say, it ain't it. <laughs> it ain't it if, and then we'll give a reason, right? So we got three of those. But then at the end of the podcast, we'll give three of it is it if, then we'll have a couple of reasons after that too. Okay. So that's how we're going to break down uh, this podcast. So let's, let's, let's start this off. So number one, it ain't it. If the goal is just to get the person, it ain't it. If the goal is just to get the person, um, we have to be very wise when we're in these relationship spaces because sometimes, and I think sometimes this is done on accident, but sometimes it's done with intent as well. So keep that in mind. But I think sometimes it is done on accident when we sometimes we see the other person as a prize, right? So I'm going to do what I have to do to get her. If you're a girl, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get him. And so there's some situations where a Christian girl, Christian guy meets a guy, the guy or girl says, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to get her. I'll get baptized for her. I'll love her family. I'll come over the house. I'll be over for holidays. I'll give gifts. I'll do whatever she wants. I'll do whatever he wants. Next thing you know, now you're married. Right. So this goes back to that that text that we had. This is how my 17 year old self got in. Sometimes we don't even know, but the other person is looking at us as a prize to obtain. So look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter nine, Proverbs nine. Um, And again, if you're new to the podcast, you know, we love to open up the scripture here and we love this so we can go back and check for ourselves. So Proverbs nine and look at verse 13. So we're going to look at the woman side of it, but we're also going to look at the men side of it. So we got to we got to remember there's some women out there that just want you as a prize. And so look at this. Verse 13 of chapter nine, a foolish woman is clamorous. She's simple and she knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their way. And whoever is simple, let him turn in and ask for him that wants understanding. She says to him, stolen waters are sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. So there are some women that literally want guys as prizes. They see guys, oh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. Right? They see guys as, as a prize. But then also there's guys that see women as a prize. Look at this. Look at Second uh, Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter three and look at verse number da, 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 da. Ah, this is good. Verses five and six. Now Paul's warning Timothy about some people. And so look at what he says. Sometimes these guys, these people, these people that come into the church, notice what they're gonna have. Verse five. They're gonna have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort, in verse 6, there are such which creep into houses and they lead away silly women, laden with sin, led away with divers' lust. So sometimes there are, some, there are some guys who all they do is they look around and they'll do whatever they have to do to get you. 
Oh, she likes jokes. I'll become the funny guy. Oh, she likes God. I'll come to service all the time. Oh, she's interested in this. I'll be interested in that too. So you got to realize sometimes these guys will do whatever it takes to get you. Sometimes these girls will do whatever it takes. So it ain't it. If the goal is just to obtain you or you obtain them. So what should be the goal? That other person, that other party should always be doing their absolute best. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect, but they should be doing their absolute best to lead you to Christ. It it needs to be it needs to be an equal exchange. And so what happens sometimes is when we see each other as a prize and then once we get each other, sometimes we can hinder our growth and then we get mad when they don't want to go as fast as you do. Well, now I finally have you. You now you don't want to you don't want to be in a relationship. You don't want to then you get mad at the other person. So there there's situations where a guy or girl, they want a relationship so bad. But the other guy and the other girl, yeah, they want the relationship, but they want to be wise in how they go through things. So they don't want to do it as fast as the other person does. Not saying that they don't want the relationship, but they want to make sure it's right. But what happens so many times is the person that wants to do it so quick, then they blame the other person for not wanting to go as fast as they want to go. Sometimes you got to be careful with that. There's a phrase, <clears throat> there's a phrase that my coaches would always use um, that I've always taken with me. Uh, I played point guard and shooting guard um, in high school playing basketball. And they always said, you got to play at your pace, right? That's a basketball term. You got to play at your pace. Well, what does that mean? Well, here's the example. So if you've ever watched basketball or know anything about the game, you have 24 seconds to shoot the ball. If you don't shoot the ball in 24 seconds, the other team gets the ball. And so as the point guard and the shooting guard, you have control over your offense. So essentially, you want to come up and you want to take as long as it takes sometimes to get the best shot. So what happens is in your mind, you understand, okay, I want to take my best shot at 17 seconds and then give a couple seconds to get the rebound. But then the defense, what they do is they want to rush you, so they'll, they'll jump you. They'll send three people your way. They'll send two people. They might send four so that you can take a bad shot in seven seconds. So what they want to do, they want to rush you to take a stupid shot. And so you can use that in life, too. You got to play at your pace. Just because someone wants something so fast doesn't mean that you got to have it because someone wants it that quick. You have to be wise and play at the right pace. Look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Um, and look at verse number 15. Again, if y'all want, y'all just, we all just need to study Proverbs all over again. Cause this, I mean, it's so practical. It was written so long ago, but it's like it was written for us today. Proverbs 14. And uh, look at verse 15. Talking about wisdom, right? Talking about talking about being wise notice what the text says the simple didn't um the proverbs writer in proverbs chapter 9 call that woman simple and then call the men that go to her simple so what else is the simple person going to do the simple believes every word but the prudent the wise the person that plays at the right pace they look well 
to his doing. They understand what's going on. So sometimes, you, you know, the goal, if the goal is just to get the person, it ain't it. Because what's always going to happen is the other party is always going to rush the other one. That's the end result every time. And then they're going to get mad because you don't want to go as fast. So then you don't want to lose that person. So now, oh, okay, fine, we'll be together. Next thing you know, you're married. And because you didn't play at your pace, because you played at their pace, now you're in a bad situation. It ain't it if the goal is just to get the person. Then number two, it ain't it. I love that phrase. <laughs> it ain't it if they get you to compromise the Lord. Ooh, ooh, this is good. It ain't it if they get you to compromise the Lord. Sometimes <clears throat> um, we try to get people to do things that fit me instead of doing things of what God says. Sometimes that's something we really, we miss a lot. Sometimes um, we try to, we try to force the person inadvertently. Sometimes it's not like, Hey, you got to do this or I'm out. No, sometimes we're like, this is how we do it. You know, we say phrases like, <clears throat> well, me and my friends, we go to this bar every Friday and I want you to join in that tradition. You say, no, they might not get mad at you, but they'll treat you just a little bit different. That's a, it's the same thing. We try to compromise what the Lord wants you to do. Or how about this? Well, every Sunday, every Sunday night, my family meets at this place to catch up with each other throughout the week. So you can skip service just for me, right? It's, you see, it's the same deal. These are two, these are two questions or two compromises that when you don't do it, then that's when a person can start getting just a little bit more ir irritated with you. Or then how about number three? Well, it's only it's only one Sunday. It's only one Wednesday. Let's go to the game. Let's go here. Let's go out of town. Let's do this. Let's do that. It's only one. You're just missing one. We'll be back. You'll just miss one service. You see, if you if you compromise, then you'll let anything happen. When it comes to God, and specifically for you fellas, let me let me single out you fellas for a second. Especially when it comes to God. You cannot let anybody compromise your standard and your belief of what God says. Because if, if you let somebody compromise you outside of marriage, it's not going to stop once you get in. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So as a man, you have to have some biblical standard for yourself. You have to let God lead you and not her. Well, Jordan, if you don't do this, then I'm going to just go out with this other guy. Okay. Well, Jordan, if you're not going to do this, I don't think we can work. Okay. Well, Jordan, if you don't do this, I don't think you can't let that deter you from following God. You can't let the, you can't let the, the low key threat stop you from serving God. And if someone's low key threatening you like that, you don't need to be with that person anyway. And so notice this example. This is beautiful. Y'all look at Ruth chapter three, Ruth chapter three. And here's a, here's a couple that didn't compromise even in a even in a tough situation all right uh ruth chapter three. Oh, dude this is such man this is crazy all right so here's the problem there's a problem here so in ruth chapter three you have boaz right then you have ruth they meet great situation right good guy right guy meets girl 
But then what happens in this situation, Boaz understands that there's somebody in front of him that has right to Ruth. So they like each other a lot. But according to the law, the other guy has right to her first. So what do you do in this situation? So think about it, ladies. If you really love a guy, but if you live under the law, but there's somebody else, according to the law, this has to happen. According to the law, this other guy has route has right to you before the guy that you actually like. What do you tell that guy to do? Well, what we need to do, we just, we just need to go off and just get together. Forget, forget that. Forget the law. Let's just go off and get together. Would you do that? Or would you pressure Boaz? You know what, Boaz? I thought you really cared for me. You know what? Since you don't care, Boaz, you know what? What I'm going to do, I might just go with this kinsman just to show you. You know what, Boaz? I thought you really cared. So, I mean, I really can't be with you, Boaz. How? What would you do, ladies, in that situation? Here's the beauty of Ruth. In that situation, she didn't add more pressure to Boaz's hard situation. But what happens is, ladies, when you when you compromise, you think you're actually helping the situation, but you're actually putting more weight on that guy. The guy's not going to Sometimes in our pride, we're not going to tell you you're putting more weight on us, but you're, you are because you're rushing us, because you want things in your way, because you're threatening to go off with this guy or that guy or be by yourself or do this to make us go to you quicker. You're putting more weight on us in an already tough situation. So now what, what do they do? Notice the beautiful advice that Naomi gives to Ruth. Verse 14. Or actually, no, in verse number uh, 18. And she said to Ruth, man, forget Boaz, go get another man. And she said to Ruth, well, since since Boaz isn't moving mountains to get you, then you need to go with someone else who would move mountains to get you. Well, you just need to go on and get another man that really cares. Notice notice what, what Naomi told Ruth to do. And she said, sit still, my daughter. For until you know how this manner falls, for the man will not be at rest until he's finished the thing that day. So she gave him the right advice. Let him handle his business. Then verse, then chapter four, then Boaz went to the gate. Who sits at the gate? The elders. If you read the rest of the book, it's kind of, it's beautiful because Boaz goes to that guy and he says, do you want her? And he says no. And he goes and he goes and gets the girl. And there was a ceremony that happened where like Boaz had to give his left shoe. <laughs> so imagine Boaz kind of limping, walking, happy, smiling, running to Ruth with no shoe on, right? Because we did the we did things the right way. Now I can have you. See, ladies and guys, don't let the don't compromise the other person because things just aren't easy right now. Let them do things the way that God said. Let them do things the way God said. All right? So, number two, it ain't it if they get you to compromise the Lord. Then number three, it ain't it if you're the one doing all the work. When two people come together, it's always two imperfect people, right? We know this. Both people have flaws. Both people have things that they need to work on. 
but it will not work if you two won't grow together. And it won't work if you don't do things together as one. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So each person has to keep growing individually. See, here's the problem. Sometimes you got two Christian people and two Christian people meet. But what happens is if the girl is, is stronger than the guy, then the guy expects the girl to do everything. If the guy is stronger than the girl, the girl expects him to do everything. That's not it. Even when you're together, the girl, you still have a responsibility to grow with Christ on your own. The guy, you still have a responsibility to grow with God on your own. Remember, even in a dating situation, y'all ain't married yet. So you guys are still, even though you're quote unquote together, you're both still growing individually. You can't put the weight of your growth on that other person. That's not fair. It's not fair. Now, am I not saying that you can't help them? I'm not saying that you're supposed to, but you can't just lay all your weight on the other person and not help them or, and not see them grow. You have to let them grow on their own. So look at this, look at Ecclesiastes chapter four, Ecclesiastes chapter four. And here's the beauty of two people actually working together. Uh, da, 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 four, four. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter four, look at verse nine through 12. Solomon writes, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone. When he falls, he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. See, the beauty of two people actually working and growing together, it's, it's one of the most amazing things on, on, the, on the earth, that type of unity and growing. But you have, to, you have to keep growing as individuals to be better. You know, I brought this example up to the kids a while ago at an area-wide youth devotional. We had uh, a, a young girl brought her volleyball team to the devotional, which was great. And so I asked them, I said, so do you guys just practice as a team? And they, they all looked at me and laughed. No, Mr. Jordan, no, we don't. I said, okay, so y'all practice by yourself, right? They said, yeah. So you practice by yourself so that when you become one, what are you, what are you now? You're better than you were yesterday. You're better than you were last week. Why? Because when I'm not with you, guess what I'm doing? On my own, I'm growing. So when we squat up, we're that much better. Because all of us have taken the time outside of each other to grow and get better for the squad. It's the same way with, with dating. You see, so many times we take that realm of dating as in, okay, what are you going to do for me to help me be better? No, well, wait a second. What are you doing to help me? It's, it's, a, it's the same. It's, it has to be a symbi symbiotic relationship. Each party has to help the other party get better. So there's two friends of mine. Um, you guys know them, um, and you know, Caleb and, and Ben, they've been on the pod and I've been with them. Um, we go to camp together each year and each year, you know, we're in a cabin or, you know, we sit outside sometimes and, um, each year, you know, we kind of talk about the things that's gone on that year and each year, sometimes maybe they've met somebody or someone's come through or whatever it is. And sometimes I might say, well, you know, she didn't love the, she didn't love God the way that I did. 
or maybe oh, she was great, but I mean, I felt like she just really didn't want to grow with me or she was great. But, but now to see these guys who didn't compromise to see these guys who, um, you know, who, who help the people that they're with now they have two great girls. There's no one more happier. There's no one happier for those guys than me because I know where they were those nights where people walked away. You know, I know what it felt like to be there and they didn't know if someone was coming into their lives or not. You know, they had standards, but they also, they also knew that, dude, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to be the one doing all the work. Now they have somebody that's there to help them. Are they both perfect? No, they're not. Are their girls perfect? They're not, but they're helping each other. And that's what I appreciate about those guys. And so the thing is, you can't be doing all the spiritual work because what happens if, if you find yourself in a situation where you're the one doing all the spiritual work, that's not going to change in marriage either. And so you should be helping her. You should be praying for her. You should be doing what you, you should be studying with her. She should be asking you, how can I help you? How can I do this for you? How can I, it, it should always be a, a service type of deal. But what happens so many times is this. What gets people is a good person comes into their lives and they say, I'm not good enough, so I'll quit and I'll lower my standards for somebody that's just like me. See, if you do that, you're going to be trapped too. You're going to be trapped too. So you see why there's there's always, you always got to change and you always have to grow, right? It's a It's a beautiful process, but again, you can't be the one that's doing all the work. You know, think about this for a second. Think about your job right now, okay? I don't know what you do, but think about your job. And let's say uh, let's say you're the boss at your job, right? And let's say you hire on you hire on someone to help you. But as you hire on that person to help you, they show up, but they don't do anything. How would that make you feel on your job? You know how you know how busy you are and you know how hard you work. How would that make you feel if they show up and they don't do anything? Or how about they show up and they do things the way they want to do it without protocol? Or or they show up and they don't do any work? How's that? It's not an equal exchange, is it? So it's it's the same thing spiritually, right? Both parties have to do the work. All right, so those are the three it ain't it's, right? Those are the three it ain't it's. But now let's let's transition into part two. So it is it if we are growing together. Oh, this is good. It is it if we are growing together. Sometimes this is what's going to happen for real. I've heard this so many times. So sometimes when you meet somebody, girls, you're going to meet this guy one day. And this guy's going to be, you're going to think he's too good to be true, right? I mean, he's a great Christian guy. I'm not talking about dude just shows up to worship. He leads songs. I mean, I'm talking about he studies with you. He has Bible studies with you. He asks, how can I pray for you? I mean, he does that extra little stuff for you, right? You're going to meet a guy one day, and you're going to be like, man, this dude, <clears throat> he's too good. He's too good for me. Guys, right? Guys, you're going to meet this girl one day, and she's going to be ridiculous. You know, she's going to she's gonna ask, you know, how can I help you? You know, she's going to grow on her own. She she knows she's not perfect, but she knows she wants to get better for God and she wants to get better for you. 
So in either one of those situations, as a guy or a girl, we're going to do two things in that situation. Number one, when we meet that person, we're either going to complain that you're not like them and you're going to settle for somebody just like you, or two, you're actually going to make some changes for God and for them. See what the right person is going to do. The right person is going to make you want to be the best that you can be for God and the best that you can be for them. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Y'all, all right, y'all got to check this out. I got to say this. So there's a song, right, by Colby, Colby O'Donis, right? C-O-L-B-Y-O, comma, whatever, and then Donis, right? Colby O'Donis. One of my favorite songs, one of my jams, right? It's called The Difference, right? One of my favorite songs. And so remember this concept of when you meet somebody that's just so good, you know, you you want to change because you want to be the best that you can be for that person, right? So he kind of embodies that throughout this song. But here's the chorus, and I wanted y'all to, to listen to this, and then we're going to go to a verse here. But notice, notice he says he basically met this girl. And so he said he needed to change and he needed to be better. So this is what he said. He said, the difference is she makes the world just a little bit better. The difference is she makes it hurt just a little bit less. The difference is she can take away the pressure. The closest thing to heaven, that's the difference. Now watch what, watch what he says here. When you find the right one, you'll walk a little better. You'll talk a little better. <laughs> Bro says you'll even eat a little better. You'll dress a little better. Why? Because she's the closest thing to heaven. That's the difference. So when you meet somebody, you should want to change so you can be the best you can be for them. Well, how do, how do you know that this is true? Because when you met Christ, did you want to stay the same? Be real for a second. When you met Christ, did you want to stay the same for him? Maybe you do now, but think about the time you met him. Man, I want to do whatever it takes. Look at this. Look at Luke 19. Luke 19. By the way, go listen to that song. Legit. All right. Uh, Luke 19. Uh, look at verse 1 through 6. This is the importance of growing together and and both parties changing. So uh, Jesus entered into Jericho and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans and he was rich. So understand people hated publicans, people hated tax collectors and he was rich. So notice his past, notice who he was. Verse three. So he sought for Jesus and he could not for the press because he was little. So he ran therefore. He climbed into the sycamore tree to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down for today. I will abide in your house. So now think about it. You got Zacchaeus, you know, ashamed of his lifestyle, publican, you know, sinner, tax collector. But then guess what? Amazing guy walks into his life. Jesus. And what does Jesus tell him? You're coming. I'm coming to your house today. What? That's, that's amazing, right? So what does Zacchaeus do? 
Oh, well, Lord, I know you're Jesus. I can never be like you. Lord, you're Jesus. You're perfect. I'm just a I'm just a sinner. I'm just a tax collector. I can't get better for you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, there's no way I can love you, Jesus, because you don't understand my background. You don't understand my situation. You don't understand. No, what does Zacchaeus do? Verse 6. I don't read Zacchaeus making any excuse. Zacchaeus made haste. Zacchaeus came down. And what did he do? He received him. How? Joyfully. Let me drop a hint on you. Let me drop a golden nugget here. Okay. <laughs> Let me drop a golden nugget. Number one. When Jesus is introduced to you, please receive him joyfully. Whether that's through preaching, singing, whatever it is, receive him joyfully. But then here's the second nugget. When there's a good man, when there's a good woman, receive them joyfully. Receive them joyfully. Why? Because they can give you so much more than you can ever dream of. It's incredible, man. It really is. But look at this. And notice what Zacchaeus did. So remember, we're talking about growing together, right? So Zacchaeus wasn't just satisfied with meeting a great guy in Jesus to help change his life. Zacchaeus didn't give Jesus all the work. Zacchaeus said, you know what? I met this great man. And because I met him, Jesus doesn't have to tell me to change. I'm going to do it because I want to be with him. Watch this. And Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I will restore that man fourfold. Zacchaeus said, Lord, I'm going to change for you. When you meet a good person, when you meet Christ, you should want to change for them to be better to be better for God and to be better for that person. So do you see why now as we talk about this, how clear it is and how unfair it is sometimes to put the pressure of growth on the other person? Man, I want to grow with him. Don't be scared of him. Don't run away from him. Grow with him. Man, I, I want to grow with her. Don't be scared of her. Don't say why you can't be with her. Grow with her. So it's it if we're growing together. Then number two, it's it if they love God more than you. This is big. Sometimes like like um, like the message mentioned, sometimes it's easy to fall in love with potential. But the, the thing is we have to look at how they really love God. This is hard. And you can't know this after a day. This this takes a while. God has to be first before you. God has to be first. He has to be. And and young men, you have to set you have the purpose in your heart and you have to set that standard now. God, if you if you're going to be with me, God is going to be first. And if you if and if some way you want to compromise that and you don't want God to be first, thank you for letting me know. But if you want to be with me, God is going to be first. 
sometimes we have to set a precedent. Sometimes we have to set a standard. And and young ladies, we're doing this because we care about you. We're not doing this because we don't or because we don't want to have fun or because we don't want to do this or that. We're doing this because we care. Now, it's on you if you want to leave and go with somebody that's just like you and suffer later. That's your prerogative. That's your choice. But my first priority, your first priority as a man, look, if we're going to be together, God is first. That's I mean, that's non-negotiable. We're not going to we're not going to sit here and negotiate about that. God is first. Well, what about Wednesday night? God is first. What about something? God is first. What about God is first? We're not going to we're not going to sit here and negotiate about that. And that should be a red flag if we have to sit here and negotiate about that. God is first. So you got to find someone that loves God more than you. Because you know what that actually brings? Again, it, it brings security because you can understand that man follows God and God's going to help us. It's it's a different type of security, guys. It's It's just different. So they have to love God more than you. Then number three, here's the last one. It's it if they have personal initiative for spiritual things. It's it if they have personal initiative for spiritual things. So again, encouraging others to do spiritual stuff is great. And that's what should be doing. But as you grow, and especially as you're growing with each other, it should come to the point where instead of you inviting them to things, they're either planning to go on their own or they're already there. So again, when we talk about spiritual things, do I always have to remind you? Do you always have to remind me of everything spiritual happening? See here, and again, this is the importance of growing as individuals so you can be stronger as a squad together. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible talks about blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. I just talked to a buddy of mine about this for like three hours on the phone one morning in the office. And, you know, he was just so adamant because he loves people. You know, he really wants people to go to heaven. And he was at the point where, I mean, I can just tell his care over the phone. He was like, man, I just can't. He said, I just wish people would just love the Bible and love Jesus more. And he said, I wish I can make them do it. And you you can't. You know, you can encourage people. You can grow with people. You can point people in the right direction. You can't make them love him. You know, you, you can't make them hunger and you can't make them thirst after righteousness. So think about it. If you're hungry and thirsting after righteousness, how awesome would it be to have somebody else that's doing the same thing? Again, let me let me stop real quick. Because some people, they take this as their scapegoat to quit. Well, I'm, I'm not hungry and thirsting after righteousness like him. I'm not hungry and thirsting after righteousness like her. So I, I just can't do it. So I don't understand. You know, when we talk about things like that, the thing about scripture is, when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, all we're doing is we're trying to help you get to heaven. That's all it is. But think about it. 
if we don't want to hunger and thirst after righteousness, what are we saying to the to that person, right? Ultimately, but what are we saying to God? You know what? You're trying too hard to go to heaven, so I'm gonna find somebody that's trying not as hard as me. <laughs> Think about how crazy that is. That's essentially what we say to another person when we're scared. When we're scared of the challenge, right? When we don't want to grow with them. Essentially, we're saying, I don't want to grow like you are. I want to grow with someone that's growing with God like me. What if the way that you're growing with God isn't the right way? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are things we really got to think about. These are some things we really got to think about. So how do you know when it's good or when it's time to walk away? So it ain't it. If the goal is just to get the other person and for them to rush your pace, it ain't it. It ain't it. If they try to get you to compromise the Lord in any way, it ain't it. It ain't it. If you're the one doing all the spiritual work, but it is it. If we're growing together, it is it. If they love God more than me, it is it. If they have some spiritual initiative now, As we close, sometimes we take things like this and we take chapters like Proverbs 31 to the extreme. And what I mean by that is sometimes in our minds, as you sit here and listen to this podcast, sometimes we take things to the extreme and say, well, this person's, you know, I can never be this, you know, I'm not this, you know, well, you just need to be with somebody that's like that. Here's the thing about Christianity that's great. <clears throat> it's always it's always developing and it's always changing to be better. So for us, instead of always looking for reasons to go, look for reasons to change. You see, it's easy to go, but it's hard to change. So we have to do some, we'd have to do some changing and we got to do some growing with God so that we can be the difference in somebody's life. It's it's an amazing thing, guys, to change, you know, to grow and to develop. And so I hope that this, this was able to help. Um, You know, obviously, again, I'm not the expert. I'll just try to pull some things out for scripture and you guys can take it. Uh, take it for what it is but i'm you're so thankful for you guys and you know guys please grow you know want to grow you know evaluate yourself you know try to challenge yourself you know try to challenge you know uh you know who you date you know you know try to be try to be more for god you know there's so much more that we can do for each other so i hope that this is able to help we will be back lord willing next week with another podcast And we will see you guys then. Thanks, guys.